song for the broken hearted Welcome, White Men Warriors, to Practicing the Pillars podcast, where every airman is a leader. When you lead yourself first, others will line up to follow. It's my life, it's now or never. I ain't gonna live forever. I just wanna live Hello, hello, hello. I'm Morgan Hildebrand, the Whiteman Community Support Coordinator. I'm here with Sergeant Desalus, our Wing Resiliency Coordinator. And today we're going to be talking to Technical Sergeant April Castro-Tover, Religious Affairs Airman from Task Force True North in the Maintenance Group. How are you today, ma'am? Outstanding. Thank you for joining us today. We're very excited to talk to you. Um, C- can I call you CT? Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> uh, so a lot of people may or may not know this about you. I didn't know it right away when we met. Why would I? Um, but you're going to share with us a little bit today about your story, your career, your journey, and coming out and being who you are as a gay religious affairs airman in the military. I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me over. So, yes, um, well, I started out my career as a religious affairs, and uh, that was 2001. And so during 2001, we had Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And so I came in anyways. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve my country, and uh, I wanted to actually go into a different career field, but at the time, this uh, they needed some religious affairs airmen, so why not? Let's give it a try. I actually love my job because I'm a people person, and I love talking to people and helping airmen, and this was the perfect job for me. But coming into it, you know, people looked at you a little differently because you worked for the chapel. So it was uh, more of uh, looking at you in a way where they didn't think that you were gay or were a drinker or a smoker or, you know, cussed. So it was a little different for me. But I, I was who I was and getting to where I'm at now was difficult, but I had about, I would say, over 32 chaplains, give or take, that I worked with in my career, and most of them were awesome, I will say, and uh, there was a lot of NCOs that I worked with that were awesome, but there were times when I felt very uncomfortable because they would bring up how they would not counsel or talk to the LGBT community, and that made me a little uncomfortable. And so when I got with my wife uh, at the time as my girlfriend in 2005, it was a little nerve-wracking at first because we, we never do PDA. It's just a thing we don't do. But uh, I'm not one to hide a relationship And at the time, you had to. And so whenever I would go home, it was difficult for us to just be ourselves and go out. We would be home most of the time. Going to work, it was difficult because I couldn't be completely honest 
about who I was with my coworkers and everyone else. And so it kind of ate me up a little bit. It was, a, it was more of a, more of a downer for me. Um, because I, I am a people person. I'm upbeat. I love talking to people and being out and smiling. Smiling's my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very difficult to just be who I was. So in any of the career fields I would have taken, it would have been the same because of don't ask, don't tell. And so when the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell came about, it was still a little difficult, but it was a little easier for me to answer the questions honestly if someone were to ask. And now now I'm just loving life. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And so you you feel comfortable totally being who you are and and living your life because you're married now. Yes, yes, I am. I'm married with two wonderful children, and I am very comfortable answering any questions. It's, I, I'm just myself, and that's what I wanted to be all along, just myself. And you feel like the culture and community of the Air Force, of white men, all that allows you to be who you are? Yes, I haven't had any issues, and uh, honestly, me being in this career field, even though it has been difficult because no one's perfect, everybody's human. Even in my career field, everybody's human. And so I think uh, a lot of it was just education, educating the people that, you know, I'm human and, you know, I love everybody. I just want to love on them. And like uh, Chaplain Ayers and myself, we just love everybody and we just want everybody to be happy, even though that's not always the case. But um, even in our career field, it's a little difficult for, for people to not be judged but who they are because of the religious affairs name and who we work with. But I just, I'm, I'm myself and I don't care. You know, people, people get to know me and they find out that um, I'm either an awesome person and they love me or they just don't like me. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the fact that you're gay. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm gay. <laughs> so just normal. That makes sense. Yes. You said, so when you first started out, okay, so what year was that when you enlisted? 2001. 2001. Holy moly. <laughs> Time fly. Like, do you, I feel old sometimes. <laughs> I feel very old. <laughs> yeah. um, much different atmosphere in the military now than in 2001. But do you experience challenges now? Because I guess what I'm assuming is, and maybe I'm wrong, so tell me. You are open. You're who you are. You're outgoing. You're an incredible person. I am fortunate to call you a friend. <laughs> um, do people then maybe the challenge is, hey, can you come help my airmen because they're struggling with coming out or being who they are and living their life, but also managing their professional? And could you help them? Is it the assumption that you know how to do it? <laughs> it's yes. It's it's been that assumption um, since I got here, which is not a bad thing because I don't mind. Uh, helping is what I like love to do. But when I got here, I don't really go out and shout to the world, hey, I'm gay and I'm married with two kids, you know. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> but I if people ask questions, I will I will answer them honestly. And when I meet my commanders in my first shirts, I openly tell them, This is who I am. I have a wife and two kids, so my leadership can get to know me and understand who I am. And if they don't like me, then they don't like me. But they are just getting to know me, so I want them to know up front who I am and that I'm willing to help any airman and every airman. 
And with that, when I got here, it has been a positive because of me letting them know who I am. I have helped many airmen. Most of them were struggling to come out to their family. And some of them were struggling with their coworkers. And most of it was because they didn't understand who they were because they were hiding who they were. And so when we talked, it was more of educational and a comfort for them, knowing that someone in a position like myself is in can keep going in their career if this is what they want to do. I've been in 19 years. Oh, my God, saying that, <laughs> 19 years. I've been in 19 years, and they are just, they're so young and so impressionable, and they just want to, they want to have a career, but they're afraid to, and they're afraid to be themselves. What do you, what do you say to an airman who has that identity struggle? They love the Air Force, they love their career, but they want to be who they want to be. So it's always on a case-by-case basis. But the first thing I ask them is, who are you? Tell me, who are you? And we start from there. Because if they're comfortable enough to come to me and talk to me, we're going to figure out who they are first. And then who they, who they are go from there as far as what they want to do, what they want to be. Because sometimes it doesn't align with the military, their career that they're in. But it can be something else. Maybe they loved their career before, but it's just not a passion and it's conflicting. Or they just don't understand who they are or they're hiding who they are. And they've suppressed it for so long because they're afraid of people knowing, afraid of family knowing. Because I will tell you, there, there's I had a loving family who supported me no matter what, loved me no matter what. I had no issues coming out. But I know a lot of people that I've counseled did, and it was difficult for them. But if they're true to themselves, then they're, they're going to be very happy. So you talked about religion. <clears throat> Obviously, religious uh, beliefs play a big part in how, you know, how their worldview is. And you're in the, the religious career field, right? You said you've had some great bosses, um, some great chaplains that you've worked with for the most part. And, um, but my, my question is, now I know they're all, I believe, um, all chaplains are counselors or have some form of a counseling degree. Yes. So ethically speaking, um, they are supposed to be open-minded and accepting. But sometimes there is that conflict with their, their personal values as opposed to what your lifestyle is. Um, what have you experienced in terms of like the, the chaplains that you have not had the best experiences? How did you overcome that? Especially when you're working with them kind of on a day-to-day basis. Yes. So, um, there's a couple of things with that. So with that, there's not all chaplains can counsel same sex couples and it's not because they don't want to, it's because of their, um, their endorser. So whoever endorses them and their background, their religious endorsement is is a big part of that. Um, Because I know a lot of wonderful, wonderful chaplains that would love to sit down and just love on them and talk to them and counsel them. But per their religious endorsement, they're not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are some, yes, um, there are are some that were not very receptive to even working with me and knowing who I was that I was 
at the time just dating a female and not really married at the time. And that made it a lot more difficult. My, I had a good wing chaplain at the time who I talked to about it and he counseled the chaplain and it, it pretty much didn't change for me there because he believed what he wanted to believe and he didn't care to work with a gay person. And he openly said it and which it hurt my heart. It was sad because he knew me before and he was fine with me before. But then once he found out that I was dating a female, it was very difficult for him. And so he never asked questions. And I think that's the biggest part is if you don't get to know that person and ask them questions and don't be afraid to ask them questions, then you're never going to get over the fear of what you don't know, the fear of the unknown. I think that's fair. So so I guess what I'm hearing is there's a line, right? You get to believe what you want to believe. If his if this particular chaplain's, uh, or anybody, any supervisor, peer, friend, neighbor. Family. Family, yeah. yeah. If they have a personal belief that disagrees with, you know, w- any part of your lifestyle, not just same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. they're allowed to have that opinion. Of course. Mm-hmm. The challenge then is, if you have that opinion or you have that spiritual belief, it shouldn't. It can't stop you from coming to work and still treating your coworkers, your subordinates, your peers, your supervisors differently. Yes. Because we're here. We all took the same pledge oath. We have to protect everyone and treat them all fairly, regardless of our personal opinions. Have you experienced that more in the military or less? Or did it change at a certain point? I think it was uh, since I've been in so long it's 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 kind of been equal where I've where I've been in the PCSs and even in the deployments I think it's kind of equal and being in the civilian world as well just like going out walking and and uh, not even holding hands with my wife and just walking around you know people assume a lot more things but um I think it it's it's pretty much equal it just depends on where I went I mean it, it if I'm in Boston, of course, where I was stationed at before, <laughs> I didn't have any issues. Boston's a really big LGBT, LGBT supporter. Um, but when we first got here, we were kind of nervous because we weren't used to being around a big city. And so we were told some things like, hey, just be careful where you go around here, around there, because, you know, they're they're in the rural areas. So we, we, we kind of got a little nervous about that. So I guess it's just it's it's. I don't know. It, it's kind of equal. Managing assumptions, though, because, correct me if I'm wrong, when you came here, did you experience those challenges all of a sudden? Ex- and I did not. That's the thing. <laughs> so um, I, It works both ways. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, I don't assume anything or judge anything about anybody. It's not my place to. So whenever I go to a new base and people say, oh, I know this person, you know, you know, she wasn't a good worker. He wasn't a good worker. That doesn't matter to me because I get to know this person, you know, all over again, has nothing to do with whatever anybody else tells me. So I think that's a big part of it, too, where when we PCS places, I like to talk to my chaplains or my RAs that I'm going to and get to know them a little bit. 
have them get to know me, but I don't, you know, say, Hey, I'm, I'm gay with, you know, a wife and two kids. <laughs> it's not still opener. No. <laughs> um, so it's not something that I, I put out there until they get to know me. Cause I feel when you get to know me as a person, like I said, you either like me or you don't, it has nothing to do with me being gay. And that's where the issue was with the couple of chaplains and religious affairs that I ran into that don't like me. And it's, it had nothing to do with me because they loved who I was before. But when they found out that I was gay, it, it, they did like a whole twist and turn and it was just a, it was just a bad environment for me. Sergeant Jess Lewis, I have a question. When you meet people, what is your opener? Mm. Well, I don't know. Hi, I'm, I'm Sergeant Des Lewis. Or I'm Kim, really. I'm Kim. I, I think I, of like when I do an interview or something. I don't really like do that. anything and interesting. Yeah, I'm not sitting here telling my personal life. I guess. What do you mean? Well, I guess when I meet people, especially professionally, oh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Like a little highlight. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> always quick to say, and I've got a ten year old, and he's great, mm-hmm. and I. So I do immediately. That is very true. Talk about my personal life, and you twice I think have said. I, you don't immediately bring that forward to say, hey, I have a wife and two kids. I do not. So, so that's, a, that's a thing that you have to, you think <laughs> about that before so that you, people don't base their thoughts or opinions off of your choice, your, your lifestyle, right? You're correct. So that has taken time for me to build up and remember. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, I had a lot of questions. You know, you're supposed to get to know your your supervisors and your subordinates, you're supposed to get to know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they encourage in the military, which is a good thing. Um, so when I moved around and stuff, it was very difficult for me to, to say girlfriend or spouse or anything like that. I had to correct myself and, con- and continually say uh, significant other. Mm-hmm. And so when you say significant other, people's eyes kind of change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because they assume stuff, but they either want to ask questions or they don't ask questions. So uh, I say significant other. But when I, now when I say stuff, I don't introduce as my significant other. It's wife and, and kids. But I don't say that at first, yes. I come with who I am as a person, my values, my core values. And then also where I work, what I do. Uh, I turn it around how I want to love airmen and, you know, do a lot of wonderful things and you know that kind of progresses a little a little bit and then they start asking questions and if they don't I'll say yes I am married with two kids I don't say I don't say wife I say married with two kids and then Mm -hmm. if they start asking more questions like I said I will be more than happy to answer them (laughs) I was going to ask like has a have you ever had a, a situation where you know somebody just said like oh is your husband or Said husband rather than just significant <laughs> other. Uh, 99% of the time. <laughs> yes. I made, so I learned this. I did. And hopefully people can, can take away from this. But I was, um, I was an airman dorm leader. So when we in-process people, we, you know, we see that they're married um, or they'll ask questions and they'll say like, hey, I'm married. When do I get to move off base? Like my spouse is coming. You know, we use the term spouse quite a bit. So I had a, uh, I had a male come to me and say, you know, he was, he was married and he was wondering when he was going to get to move off base. And I was just like, Oh, is your wife coming? And he was like, my husband is coming. Yes. And I (laughs) immediately just 
Oh, because it was it was kind of it was still shortly after the the um, don't ask don't tell repeal, and so you know just getting that terminology and that language to kind of switch like switch over. Um, so that was my my first uh, mistake doing so, and I, I quickly learned. But now being able to say stuff like that, like it just allows supervisors or and see uh, uh, our leadership and stuff to just be more open to you know whoever and let let you be the one to tell us like who you're married to, you know, <laughs> yes. you share that and afford that and, and bring that to forth. So, yeah, it's, uh, honestly, I just kind of giggle a little bit whenever people ask me, I think it's, you funny. don't take offense to no, it. No, I don't. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, that's why I am where I am right now. I don't take offense to what people say or think about me. Mm-hmm. If they harm me or my family, then that's, or try to, then that's a different story. But, um, it's a learning process. It will always be a learning process. There are always be people out there that will not be nice, and we have to raise our kids to understand that, and that's okay because people will still look at us differently. But as long as we educate our children and educate people as much as we can. So with that, I um I have another question for you. Uh, you know we've we've been talking a lot about our military uh, community, but when you go out into you know just the the open community, right? Like uh, whether it's Warrensburg or Kansas City or just going back home or just wherever you're traveling and stuff. Um, have you ever noticed a difference, you know, say you're with your family. If you're with your family, you, you notice a difference in uh, demeanor of people if they find out, you know, prior to uh, you telling them maybe you're in the military or them seeing that you're in uniform. Have you ever noticed like a demeanor shift? Like, oh, this person is gay, but now because you have a uniform on, now maybe they think of you differently because you're you're serving our country. We can assume that yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have never had anybody come to me and spout any negative words towards me or my family. But you can definitely see, and I'm not talking about here. Um, it's just been like lots of other places, hometowns and stuff like that. Uh, lot of other places where I've been they'll look at you in uniform yes and they always look at you different they kind of hold you to a little bit of a higher standard and then when they look at you with your uniform on and your children and your wife it they do look at you a little different um I've had some negative looks you know like some you know like oh you know what is she doing kind of a look or why is she with that that female or you know does she know that's wrong kind of a look nothing has ever been said because there's a lot of people out there that have looked at us, smiled, had said, your kids are gorgeous and beautiful, and you have a wonderful family. I mean, there has nothing nothing that has been said negatively towards us or, you know, bad. There's, mm-hmm. It's just like, there. I know there's a lot of other people out there that have had that. I have had not had that experience before. What would you tell them? In your in your experience and stuff, what would you, for somebody that might have struggled with that or is struggling with gaining the respect um, as a human being, but also as a military member, you know, uh, what would you tell them to uh, to help them through that? That they're not alone. That I may have not experienced it, but it doesn't mean that I haven't helped anybody else who hasn't experienced it. That they're best friend hasn't experienced it or can help them that there's people out there that have a lot of other advice for them that can help them there's always somebody out there that can help them with their experience they just need to ask for the help and talk about it 
And if they don't talk about it, how are they going to get help? Kim, you brought up something bef- before we got started when we were in here talking just before we started recording. Um, <laughs> and it goes with what you said earlier about it's just education. So do you want to ask her about maybe myths? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I miss. Yeah, we talked a lot about it before. Like, I think this would be a very good to- uh, conversation or topic to bring up just to dispel some myths about the LGBT com- community. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what are some crazy things that you might have heard? What are the common things you've heard where it just kind of raises your eyebrow? Like, what? And, and how can you know? How can you educate? Educate uh, the people that are listening in our community so that we all have a better understanding of either what the LGBT community goes through or um, some of the things that just don't, you know, aren't aren't correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, one of them is the children. Since I have children, you know, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of joking around uh, between my family and stuff. But it's it's a real situation that happens where if two gay people raise children, are the children going to be gay? Well, obviously not. You're, you're either born gay or not. It's not something that you can just try, flip a switch on. <laughs> I can't go and flip a switch and say, okay, I'm not gay anymore. That's not how that works. So that, that's, a, that's a big one for people that are married or even not married and they're gay and they have kids or want to have kids. That's a big question that a lot of people are getting asked to. Um, let's see what other ones. Oh, uh, because I'm religious affairs, right? I'm, I'm religious. I work for the chapel. So I didn't get asked. I know someone who has, um, but they were told that if they pray hard enough and if they go to church a lot more, talking like seven days a week, uh, apparently, um, we can, that, that they can pray out the gay in them. And then they won't be gay anymore. They that, used to do that back in like the fifties. Yeah, 60s. that was like they would that send was like their my kids. To, that has not gone away. <laughs> they would send. I mean, yeah, I, I know that they still. Yeah, yeah they still. They that still has have not gone away. There's um, there's like church group gatherings, and if someone finds out that their kid, not you know everybody, but there's those you know, there's still cults out there. People and yeah. religious they cults and take stuff. in their kids yeah. and try to pray the gay out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, maybe this is my own ignorance, but is that just? the fear that their child would deal with adversity or the fear that gay is bad? I, I Honestly, from looking at an outsider looking in, it, it just seems more of they don't want to be judged that their kid is gay, that they would look different, you know? Like, oh, my God, your kid is gay. That's so wrong. They're going to burn in hell. You're going to burn in hell because your kid's gay type of thing. I, I don't see it as, like, anything else because – they are so they're so apt to get in their kid. I'm gonna pray them out of of the the gayness and and they got to be straight for them. I, I don't think they're doing it for their kid at all. It's funny to hear you say that because throughout this whole conversation, even when we're talking about you know, hey, there's there's discrimination out there. There's that unconscious bias. It doesn't ever come down to at least I don't hear it this way and I'm sure that there are pockets because there's extremists everywhere but in general the unconscious bias or that that very hidden discrimination isn't really because people are bad people it's because they're scared of what they don't know exactly 
Yes. And they're so worried about that judgment being turned around on them or being judged for what they don't know that they just kind of hands up, push away from the conversation, push away from the environment and go, I'm, I'm safer not knowing. So at least so I know say. I don't know. <laughs> at least I know I don't know. So they think, yes. Right. Yeah. Because I love you to death. Well, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> and I could care less if you're gay. I mean, I ask you questions all the time about your relationship, mainly because you have a really strong relationship. You counsel on relationships, and I like to get your advice. <laughs> um, but it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you're married to a man or a woman. Yeah. I like your parenting advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the reason why I said everyone is different. Everyone is human. Everyone makes mistakes. And some people want to be forgiven for those mistakes, uh, treating people the way that they do. But ultimately, I treat people like a human being. I know we're supposed to treat people uh, by their rank in the military, but first and foremost, you're a human being to me. That's all you are, right there in front of me. A wonderful, imperfect human being, just like us all. And I am nowhere near perfect, but I learn every day from everyone else and even the people that I counsel that it's okay to mess up. It's okay to say I was wrong. You just got to fess up and learn it, you know, learn from your mistakes, but everybody's human. Very solid advice. I definitely agree. So, um, so obviously people have questioned, they have questioned you with, uh, <laughs> you guys having uh, children. <laughs> Has anybody actually been concerned for you or for your children? I should say. Yes. Mainly, um, mainly, Jehovah Witness groups and people that don't know me very well that see us around and question us. I would say very, very distant family members or friends of friends of friends at a party or something or a gathering. People that know me, no. That know who I am, no. When you get those questions or concerns, do you, I always see you leading every conversation with compassion. Is it is it easier than it sounds? Because for me, <laughs> I would be offended. I would be so angry and I would be very defensive. Like, don't talk about my life choices. This is my family. But every time I hear you talk about things like this, it's really less about the challenges of diversity. And you look at, well, they're coming from this place when they talk to me. Someone, you know, let's say someone of another religion comes and talks to you and they express concern. It doesn't seem like you ever take offense to that. No. Like I said, uh, it's hard not to when you've been uh, crapped on all your life. It's Your resilience is down. I would say when I was being judged for who I was, it was difficult. Those were difficult times. Uh, I have a very wonderful family who helped me through that and would talk to me during those times. But ultimately, I just tell him, I have my God and he loves me. You have yours. And obviously he doesn't love me. So I don't need your God. I have mine. And so that's, that's what's in my head. Because for me, I am not a overly religious person. 
I have my faith and my spirituality, and I teach my kids that. And my wife, we all, we love on people as much as we can. And a lot of people, like I said, they just, they don't understand and they're afraid to understand. And for me, it's just educating them like, hey, I'm just a human like you, you know, I have differences just like you. But I think that's what it boils down to is, is I love everybody. Like, I do. So um, what other myths would you want <laughs> to help us dispel over here? Well, what myth do you have? Oh, I don't know. Do you have any on the top of your head? Um, I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> I just know there's a lot of myths out there. Let's see. Do you got one, Morgan? I, because we're friends... Mm-hmm. Will that make me gay? Ooh, that is that's a good, good one. one. I don't know. I might rub off. <laughs> do you like? Do you do you catch it? Like, if you touch so, her, maybe she's like COVID. The crazy thing. Do you is, need to stay you know, six feet apart? We joke, but I. I really feel like you, people are concerned about that. They do. That I think no, people right. worry about that, and then, <laughs> you know, I think. We have a good sense of humor, so we joke a lot. But you kind of have to joke and laugh and have a sense of humor about things because... If you I, deal with ignorance occasionally or the lack of knowledge or just some mean people, sometimes yeah. you just have to laugh at that, you know? Sometimes that's people's me- uh, coping mechanisms, too. Laughing? Is, yeah. yeah. That's true. Is, yeah. is making a joke making out a of joke, it. making a joke, yeah. 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 Um, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, it's that's not something that... Um, you're wrong on <laughs> it could be in the water right and I yeah. could turn gay if I drink after the cup you know from you you know but uh yeah those those are a lot of those are a lot of fears that people have that obviously aren't true <laughs> you right. can't you can't be gay from just touching another gay person or being around another gay person you see you have straight people walking in the pride uh, shows and stuff like that. It's <laughs> I have best friends who are, who are married and they're straight and they love going to pride festivals with me. So because they're fun, <laughs> yeah, they are fun. Gay people know how to party. <laughs> I, I've been to some. They're fun. <laughs> but it's just it's like you said throughout the podcast. It's a fear of the unknown. If people and ignorance. If people they fear what they don't know and then they're ignorant to it because they don't want to know, and that's that's their choice. And we can't force them to understand who we are. So I don't force anybody if they don't want to get to know me or don't like me or they hear that I'm gay and then they're just standoffish. If I don't have to work with them or whatever, I won't. I won't I'm not going to treat them any less different. I'll still be the kind person that I am because that's who I am. So we'll get ready and, and uh, close this. But... When we sat down a few weeks ago and we decided, hey, let's have this conversation, let's, let's do this podcast together, we've had back and forth on what we were going to talk about and how we were going to have questions and a lot's going on in the world. And the Air Force, um, and good on them, is taking a lot of time to think diversity, inclusion, what's that look like, how does that help a community? And I love that, especially in, in our career field. Yes. I think that's super helpful. But... <clears throat> You really changed my perspective on some of those conversations today. And you're right. It's about education. There's nothing different about you. Um, I love you for every every bit of who you are. But 
when you talk about not leading with things that may or may not offend people, that hurts me because I don't think I've ever thought that in a conversation. I've never had to be so aware of what I'm about to say about who I am. So that's eye-opening for me because that's a challenge I'm just not familiar with. But then the other thing that you said, it's just about getting to know people. If someone takes the time to get to know you for who you are, all of that stuff is irrelevant. You're here to do your job. You work as hard as the person next to you. I would argue that you probably work a lot harder. (laughs) Um, But I know you and love you, so of course, right? But just getting to know people. Diversity isn't just your sexual preference, your skin color, your gender, everything about everybody in our entire community. Kim, we said earlier, we're from super liberal parts of the country, Mm -hmm. and we moved to what we assumed was a really conservative part of the country. I was nervous. (laughs) But if we just get to know people, I mean, Mm -hmm. even just that diversity. So I'll shut my mouth. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with today? Well, just... Just the fact that this has been an awesome, awesome time getting to my story and letting you know about my past. And hopefully I can help anybody else. You know, that's what we're here for. And that everybody's human. Just get to know your people. Get to know them. Aside from the little stuff, get to know the core of them, their core values, who they are inside first. And don't judge anybody because that just makes it worse. But thank you guys for allowing me to be here. Thank you, (laughs) Kim. Thank you for being here today. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's my.